I'm Julie Rose, and this is Top of Mind. I have been a radio journalist for two decades, but a few years ago, I found myself avoiding the news for long stretches because of how depressing and divisive it all seems. I still wanted to be informed and engaged on important issues, though, and I figured I couldn't be alone in that. So we created this podcast. Each week, we tackle one tough topic in a way that will challenge you, help you feel more empathy, and empower you to become a better citizen, a kinder neighbor, and a more effective advocate. Today, we are going to hear a stick with it conversation from Greg Jackson, an historian best known for his podcast, History That Doesn't Suck. Hey, Greg, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Julie. Pleasure to be here. Now, as regular Top of Mind listeners know, Stick With It is a conversation series where we talk with people about this thing that is at the heart of what Top of Mind is about, that moment when you're confronted with a perspective that challenges you, and you immediately feel defensive, it's natural, (laughs) and you want to bail, but you opt instead to sit with that discomfort, to stick with it and see where it might lead. Listening to Top of Mind each week is a chance to practice listening with curiosity as we probe the nuances of important issues that can be challenging at times. And this special series of conversations is a way to see what sticking with it looks like in daily life. So, Greg Jackson, really excited to hear your Stick With It story. Set it up for us. What do we need to know? Well, as you said, Julie, uh, I'm best known for my podcast, History That Doesn't Suck. I started that in 2017. And... uh, Started it without any big money, no backing. That was just me as a as a university professor, Utah Valley University, Um, and I just felt that I could take my academic rigor, uh, what I do in the classroom, my my students enjoy my lectures, and I could merge that with um, with the storytelling that you often hear in fun history podcasts. And I felt like in podcasting, that space was not being sufficiently uh, filled. There, there were uh, a lot of excellent history podcasts out there. Very few historians, though, actually kind of leading that charge. So it really grew. And uh, this went from, I mean, it was still something being made in my basement. It is still to this day being made in my basement uh, for the most part. Um, but suddenly I had national audience. And by suddenly, I mean over the course of, uh, you know, two, three years. Uh, as that happens, though, you know, it's an interesting experience, Julie, because initially any smaller podcast, they have phenomenal ratings typically. And that's because really it's it's mostly friends and family listening. That's <laughs> right. not to take away from the quality. Everybody's like five star because, yeah, that's your like totally friends from high yeah, school. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> your mom is not going to tear you apart on Apple reviews. That's right. just not happening. Right, right. But I'm sensing that as your audience grew, um, you were dealing with criticism in in different ways than you had experienced. And, you know, for me, this was new. I wasn't a big uh, TV personality or, uh, you know, someone who already had a public persona in some other venue that came to it with some big team that's helped them out. Uh, This was me being really super glue and duct tape held together behind the scenes, as it were, uh, putting this thing together and uh, honored and uh, genuinely surprised at how it was catching on, you know. Um, But... Yeah, I'm I'm suddenly facing uh, real criticism, and as that happened, you know, the, there were kind of two things that I also had to learn. Initially, I was I was very um, 
reactive isn't the word I want in a negative way, but you know, I'd get a critique like, oh my goodness, I must be making a, a, a terrible, terrible mistake. You know, I'd, I'd really want to investigate and think it through and then let that simmer for a little bit. That's when the calluses start to, to kick in. And it doesn't mean that I'm no longer listening, but you start to realize, oh, when you get to a certain level, someone doesn't like every aspect of anything you do. Mm. So, so it became easier to kind of be like, ah, they're just the haters. I can't please everybody. I'm fine. Exactly. doing fine. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, trying to, to figure out that that's the interesting thing. And in I think in our internet age is where you, you'll get bombarded once you hit a, a certain critical mass with uh, people who, who hate the very essence of what is actually making you your success. And it can be very difficult, you know, to, to sort out who's the, um, who's the troll, who's giving you an earnest genuine good feedback who is just your super fan that uh, like mom is simply going to tell you whatever you do is awesome uh but within all of that uh this was mm, 2019 maybe uh, i'm pretty sure we were pre uh covid uh, coming up on it and uh so i've got social media manager at this point you know it starts to get to where you can't keep up with all the comments that's that's another shift that i had to experience uh, I, I ask her to kind of pass on you know things that she thinks I need my eyes on. And so she she did. She passed along this message from uh, Lucy in Tennessee. And it uh, it it cut through uh, a lot of the noise. So at that point, I'd gotten a few criticisms for uh, some of the voices I do. Now, I, of course, try to be very sensitive to, you know, not voice historical figures that um, that I feel it'd be inappropriate for me to try and lean into too much. But I, in my merging of academic history and storytelling, uh, one of the things that even took me into this podcasting space was, well, I do that with my kids when I read them stories at night, you know, you do voices for the different, uh, the different characters. It brings the story to life. Storytellers have done voices forever. And I've done it in the classroom even. And my students have always, uh, they've, they've loved it. So it's a, it's a, and it's an important part of being a storyteller. But um, as I was getting, you know, some people who wanted to critique this accent and that, uh, for instance, I, I had uh, one email that let me know my my French accent was just the worst of all of them. <laughs> and that was one of the moments where I went, okay, so I'm just getting critiques for anything and everything yeah. because I speak fluent French. <laughs> so, you know, that, that, was, that was part of where I really shut down on listening mm-hmm. to any critiques in that. But something made you pay attention to Lucy that was different. This, this is a yes. Lucy from Tennessee. Who met, and what, what, what accents, what, what was her critique? Well, her, first of all, she really enjoyed the podcast. That was very clear. And I could feel the earnestness with which she, um, she very clearly, but very politely said, oh, you make us sound dumb. Southerners. So uh, she, she was taking yes. issue with your, the Southern accent. And you were a U.S. history podcast for the most part. So you were doing a lot of you know, Civil War stuff, I imagine, and founding yes. fathers from Southern states. Absolutely. So a lot of yes. opportunity for Southern accents. And she said she didn't like the way you did a Southern accent then. Yeah, that, that the, 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 the tone that I was using, f- feeling stereotypical into that, uh, well, the ne- negative, uh, stupid stereotype that mm-hmm. is uh, inaccurately and unfairly attributed to the South uh, at times. 
the key thing, I guess, for the, you know, the stick with it moment here is to bear in mind, I am calloused at this point to this specific sort of critique. The way that Lucy delivered it, though, it got past the armor, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. she, she found that small opening that got me reflecting. So I said, okay, I'm going to engage with Lucy. And we had a back and forth and uh, that got me thinking harder. Uh, I, I called up uh, another podcaster I know, uh, a guy from uh, New Orleans, and asked him about it. And, you know, we basically, the, Lucy pushed me to start asking my other, you know, Southern friends I, uh, who I know, and they've never said anything to me. But if it weren't for Lucy, I wouldn't have gotten to that place where I would have reached out to them and say, hey, You've never said anything to me about this, but are you bothered? Am I doing anything wrong here? Mm. And? And they said, you know, not bothered, Greg, but um, honestly, you could definitely do a lot better, man. Um, you've got one sound for the whole South. There's a rich variety of accents. Uh, there, there's no specific one that you're leaning into. It doesn't come across like you're doing a Missouri uh, you know, a, a Missourian accent when you have Jefferson Davis, it it just is like, you know, almost like the the, the Looney Tunes, sort of a, a bland voice. Mm. Uh, and that should be different from, you know, someone in, say, Virginia, which should be, and are we talking uh, Chesapeake uh, Bay Area? Or are we talking inland? Whoa. And so, you know, this, it was just peeling back all the layers, right? And how'd that feel? Uh, you know, not the best, of course. I mean, <laughs> I've got this corpus of work out there, right? Like these are, these are done. They're in the can. I've got years of, of work there. So, you know, it, it creates questions of continuity. Do I not change because this is, this is how it's been done. Um, and, you know, it, and of course it's always hard to eat crow to, to eat some humble pie. Ultimately, uh, I ended up doing Jeremy is is the name of my my friend who is uh, from New Orleans. I brought him onto the show, and uh, I did a conversation with him about Southern accents. So we just totally broke away from history and did a single episode where I basically just said, "Hey, here's the conversation." We started with with this message from Lucy. Well, wow, you went public with the criticism. That felt like the right thing to do because. Uh, as I weighed this all out, you know, of course, one answer could be, well, you just don't do any voices. Okay. But on the other hand, I also get the messages from, it's typically parents who say, I listen to this with my kids and thank you so much for doing voices. They can follow along. They get it. You know, you've got a one hour history episode. I'm the narrator. And then I'm quoting a, a, a figure. And since I weave actual stories into the, the history itself, right? It's, it's going back and forth. Being able to flip to, you know, flip the switch on an accent really enables us to stay in this suspended space where we're, we're still telling a story and we don't have to exit it. We don't have to break that fourth wall, yeah. disrupt the story. So, you know, if I've got all these two different ends of the spectrum. You've got those who are saying, well, that's not exactly how we sound in my corner of the United States. Then I've got people in the other 49 states who are going to say, oh, my goodness, that is so helpful to me, not knowing better. It, it brings me into that moment. Hmm. So what's the balance, right? Like it, these are all the things that I'm trying to weigh out here. And I know after 
after weighing this out and discussing things with, with Lucy and then my conversation with Jeremy, I knew the answer was not to keep doing exactly what I had been doing, but I had to up my game. That, that was the conclusion that, uh, that I came to. How did you do that? Uh, I realized that what I had to do is up my ability on the accents. Did you hire a coach then or how did you, <laughs> how did you go about that? Um, I, um, d- depending on the accent, I struggled to find a, a single coach that would really fit the bill. I mean, if one of your listeners happens to know some amazing uh, accent coach that, that really has a, a massive uh, arsenal, I, I would not mind at all if they reached out. But I'm all over the place because it's Southern accents for one bit of episodes, but then we get to Andrew Carnegie and now suddenly I need Scottish. And then you've got, you know, English players, Irish. Right now I'm in World War I. I've got Russians, Germans. So I'm all over the place. And I'm deep in the weeds making sure I get the history right. That's paramount for me. But I've worked into it, getting in touch with people who are from the region. And my ideal is I will actually take the, I refer to it as a script. I've written out every episode verbatim, word for word. It's usually about 9,000 words. And I would send them the segments where those those scenes are and say, okay, help me through this. Uh, sometimes that's them reading them in a, uh, in a voicemail and they message that back to me, whether that's texting, you know, Facebook Messenger, you mm-hmm. name it. And, and what I have learned is I'm a very good parrot. So I might not actually be able to turn on the accent for just extemporaneous speaking purposes. But a gentleman in Scotland that a friend of mine was able to get me in touch with, uh, he read, for instance, when I got to uh, Andrew Carnegie, he read back to me every line in that episode that uh, that was a quote from, from Carnegie. And I parroted him. And I actually got compliments from Scottish listeners afterwards. <laughs> so I thought, okay, now I'm there. So how, yeah, so so just in terms of the outcome, right? Making this choice, like not to ignore it, not to yep. sort of be like, ah, and nothing I can do about it, or I'm going to stop doing accents. You're like, I'm going to pick the hard way. I'm going to lean into this. I'm going to stay curious. And you're doing more work as a result, but um, are so you- So much are more you, work, really. It sucks. <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> no, I mean, it's are you fun. It's less just- com- Less complaints? I mean, pretty soon you're going to- Oh, yes. Yeah, no, less no, no. complaints. It, it, oh, that's good. That must be gratifying oh, okay. then. Oh, it's, it's very gratifying. And of course, you know, the old episodes, they're there. So, um, and I'm still very proud of that work. Uh, I, I, I love the, the old episodes. I, I learned so much making them um, and, uh, and, and they're great. But being able to make that shift, make that improvement when I've got so much uh, American history yet ahead of me uh, to tell. And this is an immigrant nation. So uh, yes, it's more work, but uh, it's my honor to to get it right, that's important. And what became of Lucy, the woman who started Lucy, it all? L- Lucy's a dear friend now. And is she your go-to in Tennessee when you have to do a Tennessean accent? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yep. When when it's an Andrew Jackson moment, uh, and in fact, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, we've we've now met a couple of times. I had never been to Tennessee when I started this podcast, and when she reached out to me, I had never been to Tennessee. In fact, I'd my entire some experience in the South, and this probably speaks to the. Uh, terrible uh, ability that I had previously when it came to Southern accents. Mm-hmm. I had gone to one academic conference in New Orleans one time. That was my some experience 
in, uh, in the South. All that said, uh, I didn't suddenly had opportunities to go to Tennessee. There was a conference that, uh, that, that took me to, um, uh, to, uh, to Nashville. Um, I ended up doing a live show in the Memphis area and these are very different, you know, regions, but, um, <laughs> I was able to meet up with Lucy and she, uh, she actually met me in, in the Capitol and arranged for a, a, a tour of the Capitol building itself. Uh, so, you know, we, we grabbed lunch, um, and hung out for the day. Uh, I, I basically just took that day off from the conference to be able to hang out with my now dear friend that I'd known through the internet for, I think, well over a year by that point. Well, it's a great story. And I love that um, the choice to engage, to stick with it, <laughs> stick with that discomfort, oh, like we say. I love that that opened up both a new relationship, created some empathy, prompted some soul searching, which is often <laughs> the case for me with stick with it moments, and then made you better at your job. Well, And I have to tell you, Julie, because Lucy made me promise to tell you this when I texted her. She said, you have to tell the person interviewing you, that you have a much, much better Southern accent now. You, you have come light years. So, well, there you go. We'll make sure to note that. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Jackson is the host of the popular and very engaging podcast, History That Doesn't Suck. He's appeared on several History Channel documentaries. And the lucky students at Utah Valley University happen to get him as their professor as well. Greg, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. I really enjoyed it. My pleasure. Now let's hear your stick with it story, Top of Mind listener. Email topofmind at byu.edu about a time when you encountered a perspective that challenged your way of seeing things and you chose to stick with that discomfort rather than shut down. How'd it go? What was the result? Again, that email address is topofmind at byu.edu. I'm Julie Rose. We'll talk soon. We'll talk soon.